Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Hi, I'm Nick Randall. I'm 53. And I'm a Blue Peter fan. So, ever since my interview with legendary Blue Peter editor Biddy Baxter earlier this year, I've reconnected with a show from my childhood and I'm enjoying it all over again. From flying through the air with a red arrows or via a hot air balloon or exploding actual diamonds in the studio, this show is the nuts and definitely not for the faint-hearted. And let's not forget, dear readers, that this is not just any old year. This is Blue Peter's 60th. So I'm up in Salford's Media City to watch a Blue Peter show being put together and join in with the imminent 60th birthday celebrations. Yes, my timing is rather impeccable. By only hanging out with the stars of the show, namely Lindsay Russell and Radzi Happy Dance Chinyangania. My mind blown. But first, it's time for an exclusive backstage pass to the Blue Peter offices and hallowed studio. Well, the security guard passed out when I flashed in my operations scar. Plus, I have a hairpin for any lock and any occasion. <laughs> time to chat to the current editor of the show, the totally brilliant and totally lovely Ewan Vinicom. By the way, he thinks I'm John Craven's personal assistant for John Craven's Newsround because I told him and he totally believed me. So um, don't say anything if you like kneecaps. You know what I'm saying? Lovely to have you here, Nick. Thank you so much. So tell us about what you're actually up to today. Today I've got um, a multiple of screens in front of me right now and I'm watching dress rehearsals going on with some famous sports stars that we've got in to promote our sport badge, which is one of our most popular badges that we brought in a few years ago. So 8,000, 8,500 children have applied for their sport badge this year in just about a month and a month or so. So it's a really popular badge for us. So we've got some famous sports stars trying out new sports to see if they can earn their sport badge. And they're actually being taught by children who have earned their sport badge this summer. So it's like kids are in control today, which is lovely. What was informing your viewing habits when you were a child? Was Blue Peter up there? Blue Peter was certainly up there because when I was six and a half, I got my first Blue Peter badge. My first and only Blue Peter badge because I was a top runner-up in a competition to design a garden for the Liverpool Garden Festival in 1984. So Blue Peter has been part of my life since I was six. And because I always wanted to work in TV, even at a young age, when I was 12, I always wanted to work in TV and I always wanted to do live TV. So Blue Peter and Saturday Morning TV were my two main things that I used to just love. And what was your route to get there? My route to getting to the BBC? Mm. Well, when I was a student, um, I um, was desperate to do children's TV, so I spent most of my time making children's content when I was a student. And then I sent off um, a clip and sent off a letter to the head of entertainment in children's at the time, then got a phone call back to my um, flat, my student flat, saying, would I like to do work experience, which was like a minor miracle. Mm. And so then I went, yes, I'll do anything, came up, and then I started doing work experience over my summer holidays. And then from that, I kept in touch with people, said I'd do anything, like worked really hard. And then they eventually offered me a running job on a programme called Chuckle Vision. <laughs> 
so then I left uni early to I, I took a chance left uni early and then started my life off as a t-boy at the BBC working on Chucklevision oh that's wonderful how different is your experience to how you imagine it to be when you were you were young um, I think it's even better and I'd say there's nothing more exciting than like one of my jobs years ago I worked on Live and Kicking and just having that live feeling of there's like famous people coming in amazing kids an audience and then you're creating a TV show which is going out to millions of people and then you get audience reaction for it I think it's that magical moment that in that square box of a TV studio you can achieve anything and do anything with the right team the right people the right kind of content it's just like that magical moment and there's nothing better than when you leave a TV studio and you walk home or you're going home and then you suddenly re- you watch it when you get in or whatever and you just think God, my team made that it's amazing all right come closer Get as close as you can, because we've got a very special Blue Peter today. We're launching our brand new Blue Peter Appeal. And what's it called, guys? I'm at a secure location somewhere in the UK. Now, this is where all the coins that you collect for the appeal come to. And I can see that a new delivery has just arrived, so I'm going to go check it out. Bangladesh is definitely one of the most vibrant countries I've ever visited. But it's also one of the poorest. So when I was a lad watching Blue Peter, there was the Blue Peter appeal every year and also the summer expedition. Are these strands still continuing today? So with the appeals, um, we've got um, our partners with Children Needs, Sport Relief and Comic Relief that we focus on them because they're umbrella charities which do amazing work and give us the opportunity to um, show children how to think about others other than themselves which is really exciting and this year like only recently I was talking to Stuart Miles who um, has been actually out in India looking at a Blue Peter Appeal that he was a presenter of so for the 60th he's he went out and actually it's a, a leprosy charity. Well this is really exciting I'm at Heathrow Airport and I'm on my way tonight to Hyderabad in India and the reason I'm going is to revisit the Blue Peter Health Centre I opened in 1999 in which Blue Peter viewers raised £2.8 million in our appeal in 96 to help people suffering with leprosy. The Blue Peter Centre for Leprosy is still out there and it's still titled Blue Peter and it just shows, I think, nowadays, the global significance of Blue Peter that actually there's not many TV shows that have got things named after them which children in the UK have raised money for or raised awareness for, which is still going. And I think it's really hit Stuart how kind of important it was way back in 1996 when the appeal happened and they did a bring and buy sale for it and it was and the news on bring and buy sales is we're actually bringing buy bring and buy sales back for children in need this year right. as a brand new thing for the audience of today so it's going to be a really exciting time for us to highlight again how blue peter has appeals and these amazing things which were created many years ago which are still very relevant today and in terms of um you traveling abroad are they more sort of ad hoc these days rather than they all go out in the summer um, yeah, because Blue Peter now is on every week of the year and we don't stop. So years ago, it used to finish in June and then start again in September, whereas now we're 52 weeks a year, so we never stop our production team. So, But what we do do is we do send our teams out in the times in between Thursdays for they can, for those to cover those international um, topics. So tomorrow, my presenter Lindsay is going out to Germany to take part in a really big event for children in need it's a big children in need challenge she's going to be doing a big um swim run event so she's going to be heading out to germany and probably do about 30 kilometers of running and 10 kilometers of swimming so that's quite an ask to do so we still cover loads of international stuff it's just we don't do just one big trip per year we do lots of little ones 
do you say to critics who perhaps feel that uh, programmes like Blue Peter have had their day or are a bit old-fashioned, etc., you know, and it's been hidden away on children's BBC, what would you say to your detractors? <laughs> um, I would say um, maybe speak to Peter Purvis, a very wise man who was one of the um, trio of presenters that everyone um, from years ago absolutely loves. And he said to me the other day, Blue Peter's huge and he realises Blue Peter's still huge and it's on a channel where children actually want to watch it because children nowadays watch things in different ways and children are different to how I used to watch it, how I used to watch it, how my parents, my grandparents, and times have changed. But the beauty of Blue Peter is that, as I said to you, we've got hundreds of thousands of bits of posts coming into the show. Kids are connecting with us. They're still loving it. And actually, if you speak to the audience themselves, they are loving Blue Peter. It's just maybe the adults who are thinking of their Blue Peter aren't connected to the show as much as they used to be, which is completely understandable. So I just say it's... It's the show that's maybe not for them now, but it's amazingly delivering for the kids of today watching CBBC and loving it. Well, I'm 53 and it still still does it for me. That I mean, I don't know if that says something more about me, but the show, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's a child at heart, I, I, I'd, I'd like to think. Oh, absolutely. Scratch and sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. When did you start prepping for the 60th year Blue Peter milestone? And uh, you know, how daunting was that? <laughs> um, so I suddenly realised a couple of years ago that I'd be looking after Blue Peter in its 60th year. And so I thought, what I need to plan it, because I'm, I'm quite a, a planner, as my team would say. And so a couple of years ago, I wrote a list on the back of an envelope of what I thought the 60th birthday show should be like and the 60th year, and then pitched it to um, my boss, the director of children's and the controller of CBC, and said, these are the things that I would love to happen for the 60th year. And then they just went, OK, go and do it. And so then, ever since No budget then, issues? Ever since then, no, we were working with all our budgets <laughs> and things like that. And so, yeah, we're... I'm a bank manager's son, so I'm very yeah. good with budgets. Fantastic. Got, you can teach me. <laughs> and I've got a great production manager who's sitting right behind me who's very good. Um, and so we just mapped it all out and thought, right, this is the tick list of what we wanted to achieve for our audience because we know that the kids would love to do a massive birthday and it's right that a BBC landmark show like Blue Peter gets a really good birthday. And so um, that's so on my list so far, we've practically ticked off most things. So we've achieved most things. So I think two years ago planning has paid off right now. One thing I was going to ask you, because it was something I would like to see at some point, perhaps not for the 60th if it hasn't happened now. Um, did you ever consider a BBC4 docudrama about the birth of uh, a Blue Peter for the 60th anniversary, similar to ones done for Doctor Who and Coronation Street and Dad's Army, with actors playing the part of Owen Reed, Billy Baxter, etc., etc.? Because I think it would be a surefire winner, and I'd watch it. So I was, I'm a big fan of those docudramas and love Dad's Army and love seeing how all those were developed and stuff. We did have early talks, I think, with BBC Drama, um, but obviously we can't commission everything. Like I'm in charge of like Blue Peter, that's all I can deal with. Um, but I think the um, docudrama time, I haven't seen actually many docudramas on, on BBC Two recently, like there were on BBC Four and things, and I was obsessed with the Versace one, so I thought that was a really interesting one. But I think maybe that... Um, time has passed and um, the focusing on other things but there is a really good book if you want to get a book of the story of Blue Peter which um, is probably out of print now but you might find it on um, different sites that is a fascinating read about um, how Blue Peter um, started off mm. okay well it, perhaps it's something for the 70th edition or I don't know but that's for we, we'll worry about the production team who are doing it then um, how do you feel the brand will develop in the future 
Um, I think the brand is um, really alive and kicking at the moment. It's brilliant because we've got more letters than ever being sent into the programme. So in 2011, we were getting about 40,000 letters. Now we're getting over, or recently, up, so far this year we've had about 103,000 bits of post, which is amazing. So if you think of those 103,000 bits of post, so it's incredible that our post has increased. We've got more kids contacting us on the website. We're fully part of the CBBC Buzz app. So we've got all these new technologies which are giving us new ways of contacting children and being on the iPlayer and things like that. So I, I, I see Blue Peters. We're a brilliant club and we're the home of... Um, so we've got a brilliant online fan club. So I would say that Blue Peter, how it will evolve, it'll evolve in the digital world like it has for 60 years, but it'll get bigger and better because kids will get more personalised content, probably getting to them in the way they need it, using all this new technology and making it even better as a club and a more engaged club than it is at the moment. That's a wonderful way to, to end this. Thank you so much, Ewan. Um, and it reminds me to give you your celebrity goodie bag and congratulations on 60 years of Blue Peter. Thank you, Nick. Lovely Ewan Vinicom there. Well, before we speak to the actual stars of a show, Ewan has granted me an access pass to the totally real-life Blue Peter studio. He must still think I work for that John Craven. <laughs> Chortle snigger. To watch what is called a live run-through of today's show, done as live without any gaps or wee-wee breaks. <laughs> I know. Which is both exciting-y and brilliant Two words which I feel sure Radzi would approve of. Okay, well, I'm in the studio and the show is just about to start. I'm currently hiding behind the cameras and part of a set. The problem is, even though the studio looks bigger than your TV screens, it actually isn't, which means I'm going to be doing a lot of merry dances every time the camera moves to a different position in the studio as they don't want my fat lump waving at the camera for some reason. <laughs> okay, ten seconds to title, so Oh, hang on. Here we go. Shh! I just whispered to Radzi, I love those opening titles. I've got proper goosebumps. Uh, they're amazing, and they are, of course, to celebrate our 60th birthday, which, by the way, is less than three weeks away, people. Yeah. Very exciting. So show, it's been the most successful summer ever for a champion wheelchair basketball. And these two have won right at the heart of it. It's Joy Hazelden and June Tamer. sporting legends in front of me. Uh, girls, let's start with you. Because not only have you got your BP badges on, well done. Earlier this year, we asked you to design the hotel. Do they play it in real time? Yeah. Yeah. Just the timing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll have done it. Well, not a through rehearsals. Now, I don't know if you heard all that, but the location footage is played out in real time rather than just calculating the length of each item and moving on to the next studio bit, which I guess makes sense. 
By the way, my blue piece of badge is in danger of uh, falling off. It's hanging uh, by a thread, so I'm going to have to repin it. Let's find out how join Jude Fair as we play. <laughs> Tennis is served. Yes, indeed, it's back up to the action station. So we have two rackets, we have a box of tennis balls, and girls will have 30 seconds in which to serve as many balls as possible <laughs> through the hole. If you get 10, you're guaranteed a Blue Peter Sport badge. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> there are smiles on the faces, they're feeling good. Without further ado, three, two, one, start serving. Okay, here we go. Oh, straight in. Should I move? Yeah, we'll just come here for a moment. BP presenters have always challenged themselves. Yeah, sure. And I want to do the same. So I'm the... Yeah, then when the cameras pull out, we'll have to quickly just exit down here. OK. Stay with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't run up over. No, no, no. It's an old school badge, don't they? Yes, bless you. Yeah, it's a nice... Hang it off a bit. 20 seconds. Because we're going to be setting a fire to an actual diamond. I'm not joking. No way. No way. We're going to have Madagascar, the cast of Right Kid performing I Like to Move It. That's right, and you'll have the next part of my chair in the air challenge. Thank you so much to our sporting legends, our great coaches. We will see you next week. Bye, everyone! Wow, just amazing watching the show. Hurtle away in real time, just incredible and pretty seamless to me. This show is one well-oiled machine. The real gig's on in about an hour and a half. But before I speak to Lindsay and Radzi, let's have a brief chat with the lovely Joe, who's been looking after me in the studio and uh, making sure I didn't break anything. <laughs> what? So, Joe, you're one of the assistant producers on Blue Peter. We just watched the rehearsal. It was fascinating to watch. And thank you so much for looking after me. You're so welcome. Yeah, tell me a little bit. We're actually sitting, got to say this, uh, dear readers, we're sitting on the actual uh, Blue Peter sofa. OMG. It is so exciting for me. This is like a happy dream. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wake up from it. Tell us a little bit about the, the rehearsal process and what was happening just now. Yeah, of course. So what you've just seen there is our As, as Live run-through. So everything is to time. So the whole show is rehearsed by the presenters, by the guests, by the crew. The whole gallery is all geared up as if it was live. Um, so we run through in real time everything that will happen in today's show to make sure that it all runs on time. So if something's a bit too long or a bit too short or there's certain questions that maybe you want to change, um, Ewan is sat in the production office uh, with the rest of the production team, so our art director um, and the series producer as well as as well as our digital team. Um, um, he's making notes and then he'll feed back to the, the, the floor team and the gallery team who will then pass on all that information to all the relevant teams to make sure that they're all happy um, and that everything's ready for live. So there might be a few changes, there might not be any changes, but just a few little notes um, that kind of gear us up ready for the, the real deal at 5.30. That is so awesome. Tell us a little bit about your, um, your background. How did you get into it? Because, you know, obviously other people might want to do the same as you. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually trained as a journalist myself. So um, I studied broadcast journalism. I decided uh, when I graduated, having worked in local radio, that I much preferred television stuff. So I did some TV production um, and I gained loads of experience in that area. So doing lots of things at independent companies. Um, and then I got a job through um, a website which was advertising production jobs and started working on Richard and Judy, actually, as my first job, answering the letters. Um, and then that led me to work then on Blue Peter answering the children's letters which was my first job in telly so that was uh, just over 10 years ago and I've worked in production since then so kind of worked my way up in lots of different roles absolutely love it and 
Blue Peter for me is so special because it's live. It's where I started and I'm so excited that it's our 60th year and I'm back and I'm here um, and getting to kind of do it all over again and celebrate with all the past presenters and some of the production team are, are still the same team as at the 50th birthday which we yeah. celebrated 10 years ago yeah. so it's an exciting year for us. That's wonderful Joe. thank you so much and I tell you I think you should be a presenter as well, you sound great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers. Lovely Joe there. Well, time for Lindsay and Radzi now. And as I'm heading across to the Blue Peter production office to speak to them, let's take a brief listen to a couple of extracts from their BP challenges. And boy, have I picked a couple of corkers. I've travelled to France to experience something I've only ever dreamed about. Weightlessness. This is as close as any human being can get to feeling like Tim Peake without going into space. The scientists are ready and the plane begins its steep climb. Oh, my heart, you would not believe how fast it's beating. Oh, wow. Oh, I feel heavy. And then we start to drop. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm floating. This is the weirdest feeling. Oh, wow. On my next go, I start to get the hang of it. Let's walk on the ceiling. <laughs> It's so fun, but it doesn't last forever. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> Each period of weightlessness lasts around 25 seconds, just enough time for the scientists to carry out their experiments. You know what, that was just the most incredible experience I think I've ever had in my life. And to think that I got to see just what it's like for Tim Peake to live, work, and do everything that he does up in space is phenomenal. I want to go again. Of all the incredible challenges Blue Peter has ever taken on, there's one I've always dreamt of. Wow. A challenge that was first attempted more than 50 years ago. I'm taking on skydiving, and I'm doing it with a group who are quite simply legendary. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm actually really scared about this, because this is the first time I'm jumping out of the plane on my own. Straight away, something feels wrong. I'm falling far too quickly. I'm trying so hard not to panic. Tony uses all of his experience to catch up with me, and when he does, I complete my 360 turns. Then, I make another mistake. My legs get trapped beneath him, which sends us out of control. I'm running out of time. I need to pull my parachute fast. No! That was terrifying. So I am with total leggings, Radzi and Lindsay <laughs> from Blue Peter. I am so excited, I can't say. I am such a fan of the show again. I'm, I'm watching it every single week. I, even things like Spot Shelley, which I think now I'm too grown up for that. As soon as Shelley appears, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, and I'm <laughs> writing in, I'm emailing it. And I'm probably, you know, you're older than... You're well, not too old, you're not too old. You're sure? Yeah. <laughs> I think your combined ages, I'm still probably a little bit older than that, but You've anyway. you very kind. <laughs> yeah. So, tell us about your journey to Blue Peter. 
So my journey to becoming a Blue Peter presenter was a three-year-long one. I did everything from, I was a mascot called Spike the Lion, a mascot called Busby the Bird. I also did some glamorous jobs as well, such <laughs> as I was, uh, what else did I do? I worked online, worked as a commentator at university, did lots of things like that, and it eventually resulted in me working on a show called Wild, which is another CBC show with Naomi Wilkinson and Tim Warwood. Did that, loved it, did 10 weeks of live, and then got offered this incredible job by my boss, my now boss, Ewan Vinegar. Fantastic. What about you, Lindsay? Uh, firstly, hello, and thanks for wearing your, oh, hello, hello. your, your Blue Peter badge yes, to this. We're happy to be interviewed by anyone wearing a badge. <laughs> That's the rule. Um, my route was a bit different to Radzi's. I applied for a competition that I heard about on Radio 1. Um, ended up, it kind of, it was a televised series called Blue Peter You Decide, hosted by Dick and Dom, uh, judged by Mining Class, Eamon Holmes and Kel Spellman. Thousands of you have voted. The next Blue Peter presenter as chosen by you, the CBBC viewers, is... <laughs> Lindsay! And uh, yeah, basically I had to do a series of mini Blue Peter challenges, which went out each week and then after, I think it was six episodes, ten episodes, looking at the boss now for answers, mm -hmm. um, after a few episodes of doing um, averagely well, uh, I got voted in um, by the CBBC public to be the 36th Blue Peter presenter. Which just goes oh. to show it's amazing how far five pounds can go. Stop it, stop <laughs> it. And how many times my mum Sue could vote, oh. I'm joking. <laughs> Did you guys watch Blue Peter as, as children? Absolutely. I got a badge when I was 10 years old in 1998 when I went to the CBBC Big Bash Bonanza at the NEC in Birmingham. Got to speak to Richard Bacon. So I'm hopefully going to be seeing Richard Bacon on the 60th birthday. Yeah. And I know he doesn't remember meeting me, but I absolutely remember meeting him. And so I watched the show. I loved the show. Anything from about Dan Louise Jordan up to about Helen Skelton, I pretty much know it. Fantastic. What about yourself? Radzi has incredible knowledge um, of Blue Peter. Mine is less good because I grew up in America, New Jersey, till I was about nine or ten. So the yeah, I can hear from the accent. Yes, I know. I said my thick New Jersey accent yeah. that I've got. Um, so yeah, I started watching from about the age of ten. Okay. So Connie Huck and Katie Hill were my absolute idols. Mm. Um, but my first, I, I was too lazy to apply for a badge. How bad's that? So my first ever Blue Peter badge was when I got named as. The presenter. <laughs> I was too lazy as well. And my first badge, well, my only badge was the, uh, the mattress domino toppling world record. I remember that. I was number two in the studio. I fell on Andy, the really? presenter. Yeah. Well, so in Fair that, play. Yeah. Fair play. So there you go. Footage somewhere. Okay, now this is a tricky bit. Remember, don't try this at home. We're inside. Very close to eight. We've well, do you remember what Joel DeFree said as he actually starts the horns? He says, no stone has been unturned, mm. presses the air horn, the air horn doesn't work, and then he says, how oh, ironic. ironic. Yeah! <laughs> because in the rehearsals, it worked perfectly, so he just like rolled his eyes, but that was great The thing fun. is, actually, there's a real investment made in those mattresses, because always, it's always good to... Oh, I can't even oh, speak! Oh, it's going to come out with a great pun. It was like going to be a pun. Let's minutes. do it again, let's do it again. Okay, you can't Cut tell that, that I'm sleep-deprived. We'll go again. Oh. <laughs> It's amazing what a good investment mattresses are. It's always fantastic to have something to fall back on. Oh, well, brilliant. It would have been brilliant. Oh, but no, it's, it really was. In an hour and a half, we'll be live and all the gags will come out and they'll be delivered like Billy Connolly at his best. Oh, I just love it. How ironic. Do you see Blue Peter as the holy grail of children's presenting? And was it always something you were hoping to do? 
I, I, my uh, friend has always described it as it's like the Swiss army knife of presenting because you can't, you get to try out basically everything, working with kids, working with animals, live TV, we don't have an auto cue, um, being on location, working with the army, the marines, there's a bit of everything in Red there. Red arrows. Red arrows, oh yes, that my, probably yeah. my favourite moment ever. And just when I thought this couldn't get any better, Adam offers me the controls. You have control. I have control. Oh my goodness. Am I doing that? Yeah, yeah. I'm flying red arrows! I'm flying red arrows! <laughs> you actually know how? Yeah. Uh. Then, incredibly, Adam asks if I want to roll the plane. No! Yeah, easy. No! Whenever you're ready, just put the stick all the way to the left. No! Yeah. Uh. Um, so, yeah, it's... You literally try out everything. Um, there is nothing by the end of the role, even in this five, six years, there's, there's not many things that Radzi and I haven't done. No. <laughs> but I mean, it's stuff you'll just take away forever. I mean, whatever else you do in your life, whatever amazing jobs you'll do, I mean, this has got to be one of the, the, the pinnacles, surely. Yeah, it is absolutely that. And actually, one of the nicest things to take away is when you meet other Blue Peter presenters, you've got shared stories. Yeah, and whilst they didn't overlap, they ran in parallel. And that almost makes it even more special. So I spoke to Simon Thomas quite recently, and he was the Blue Peter presenter I always loved. And so sharing stories where he did something, and I think I remember seeing you do that, mm -hmm. and then having the commonality of the experience that we have is actually something that I mm -hmm. genuinely treasure. So it's sort of above all the memories and above all the moments where you think that was awesome, actually it's a, it's a shared experience in it. There are only 37 of you. Not yeah. all the 37 are still alive, but the ones who are, you've got that bond. And when I actually have met other presenters, Blue Peter presenters, just in passing, you immediately, I feel like I know them. Yeah, and what's yeah. really kind is that they sort of feel the same way mm. ab about us. And you just strike up a conversation as though you're old friends. And that's probably my favorite thing. That's just adorable. I think it won't even hit us really in terms of the memories and the yeah. things we've done. I think that's the bit that maybe hits you a bit later yeah, in your life when you're actually kind of looking back and reflecting. Because um, sometimes, even I read an article recently in The Guardian and it was about Blue Peter and it was about me flying on her air balloon in the Arctic Circle across a frozen lake in Finland. And I thought, I even read it and thought, wow, that sounds amazing. And then I was like, wait, no, I did that. That was my, <laughs> that was my challenge. So it's one of those things I don't, I think we know how lucky we are and we definitely feel incredibly, yeah, like Radzi says, we, we really treasure those moments. But I think it's when we look back on them the kind of the, the gravity of how huge they are. I've also got to say, you've got to have a fair bit of bottle to be a Blue Peter presenter. I mean, is it something like, oh, I've got the job now, and now I'm just going to have to deal with each thing as it comes? And, uh... Well, you're just not very good at saying no. <laughs> it's yeah. one, one of those two things, I don't know. I think it's, it's not even bottle, I think it's more an attitude thing, yeah. and it's what the badge st stands for and yeah. what the whole show is all about. I mean, we try and inspire kids to give something a go no matter what, and that, that I think maybe the kids watching sometimes forget that actually goes for us too. Yeah. We can't just stand there and, and tell our audience to give everything a go and don't be afraid and you'll never know if you don't try and have that Blue Peter attitude. It, it, it goes for us as well. Well, to so. that point, so Lindsay's got a challenge coming up this weekend, yeah. and I said, Lindsay, how's the sleep been? And you said, not very good, uh. i.e., 
you are nervous already. And these are the bits you don't necessarily see on camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sleepless nights have started, as they often do, yeah, about five, six days before a big challenge. So. Oh, bless. Well, at least health and safety is a little bit tighter than John Noakes hanging from yes. Nelson's column. Yeah, true. <laughs> More harnesses these days, and we get to wear helmets. It's great. Do you know what is actually quite cool, though, is although, let's say, health and safety is a part of life now, and it wasn't back then, is that the scale of what you can do is so much bigger. Okay. And that's partly because of technology. It's because of how society has moved on. So it means that you can train for something like a swim run and you can have experts and you have the right technology, the right kit. You can jump out of a plane with the RA Falcons. You can you can do something incredible with the, uh, the Red Arrows. Mm. And it even though back then it was done perhaps in a different way. I would kind of argue it's it gives you the same jeopardy, the same moments to watch, but hopefully we're able to film it in a better way so you can appreciate mm. it even more as well as the technology being even better. Absolutely. We, owe, we owe so many of our amazing moments, actually, and our amazing challenges to the past presenters because mm. it's only because of what the show's become in the last 60 years that we get to do some of these things. I doubt if you'd gone to the Red Arrows 10 years into the show and gone, oh, we make this thing called Blue Pete. I don't know if yeah. they would have, you know, for example, necessarily let us do that. And now because the show has become so iconic because of all these past presenters before us who have made it like that, we get to do so many amazing things, Radzi and I. So we, Like we do. being interviewed on this podcast. <laughs> yes. I should think so, SNS Online. Um, do you feel the weight of history upon you when fronting such an important and iconic show as Blue Peter? That's a bit of a weird question. We sort of covered it a bit. but Deep. It's a it deep, is deep question. Yeah, do you know what, though? I think it's an element of truth in that. But what I would say is I'm not somebody that gets nervous a lot. But the worst people to interview, if you're a presenter, is another presenter. Because you're then thinking, mm. I know what they're thinking. And you're both playing a kind of strange game. And it's very difficult to play a game with somebody who's also playing a game. And you don't quite know what game they're playing, but you hope that it's sort of on the same court. Now, on the 60th birthday, yeah. Lindsay and I will be presenting in front of a number of people who've done this job or who've worked behind the camera on this job for many, many years. I just say I'm so excited about watching this it was, so are we. You're, well, you're excited. We're yep. more nervous than excited at this point, I would say. Love I, think, you. I think on a on a week to week, we don't feel that pressure of history, do okay, we? Okay, now you say that. Lindsay what? does nervous pause every oh, week. Oh, shush. That doesn't mean I'm actually nervous. So Lindsay I just think, do no, it for luck. Whoa, 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 I just do it for luck. Behave yourself. So every single episode, <laughs> Lindsay puts, basically, imagine so your hands, you're at the palms of your hands, on the other side of your hands, Lindsay has to press those against mine as nervous pause. Because yes, otherwise, because we did it on our first ever show, and if we don't do it, the whole thing will go wrong. Then you'll we. feel the weight of history on your shoulders. <laughs> Won't you, Radzi? When we say we have to do it, what you mean is you insist on doing yeah, it. Yeah, and he rolls his eyes and he does it because deep down he knows <laughs> that he doesn't want the show to all... Now, you see, we are now about an hour and a half from going live <laughs> oh God, and I'm oh very happy to not do nervous pause and then you'll no, see... Radzi, Lin don't be silly. Let's not... See, there you go. Tradition. So then imagine these nerves that Lindsay say don't, it doesn't exist on the 60th. They'll manifest themselves and then we're going to go live to millions of people, Lindsay. And then on BBC mm. Two as a pre-record on Saturday Today. You see, we could just have a spin-off show with you two just bantering, you know, that'd be fantastic. No, I'm not okay. up for that. <laughs> I am well up for it. If somebody wants to pay me to, for banter reasons and ideally target it at Lindsay, I'm well up for that. Are you, to many children out there, the big brother and sister they all wish they had? And that includes me, and I'm older than the pair of you. Do you know what? That's kind of our role a little bit on the show. Yeah. And when you're telling a story about something, so you're going to very shortly see Lindsay's doing a challenge involving a hot air balloon. And I think it's no secret that it was very, very difficult. 
And actually, I suppose as an adult, what you do is you nuance that. So you'd say, how's life? And if life isn't great, you'd say, no, not too bad, thanks. And what you really mean is a multitude of other things. Well, part of our job is to try and be a bit more honest about that because there's a message within the trying, within the strife, within the attempting to overcome something or even not overcoming it and actually being honest and saying, do you know what, I gave that my best shot and it didn't happen because that is life. And so I think the notion of being a big brother is fine as a cliche, but actually I think it actually is something that we do carry on our shoulders along with nerves before the show. No, never. Children seem to have far more to contend with in the modern world, including online bullying, knife crime, etc. Do you think that a show like Blue Peter is more important than ever to help embrace and nurture young communities? I don't know if a show well, like Blue Peter is more important than ever. I think the messages we're getting across and some of the stuff we're doing is more important than ever. That's for sure. It's a t- I, I just think it's nice that that tradition's still there of kind of... I, I like to think that kids are still coming back from school, five o'clock, get your Marmite sandwich, like I used to, and then at 5.30, tune in. I think that routine is actually still... For, for me, anyway, I think that's one of the most important parts. And the fact that it's family viewing. I love when I meet mums and dads and cousins and older people, like yourself, not, not old, older, nice, I said. Nice, nice older, I said, old. who still tune into the show. I think that's the bit that's really important, is that they're still family viewing, we're still live. I don't even have kids, I've just got a cat, I haven't got an excuse. The cat Does doesn't cat watch, watch it. Uh, sometimes. Okay. I think, <laughs> what's his name, her name? Monkey. Monkey. Oh, we'll, get, we'll try and give Monkey a shout out at some point. Can How can we weave in, in, yeah, Monkey into the today's live show? I will. Uh, uh, I will think of it's something. Tell you if you do, I will love you forever. Call me a cheeky little monkey at some point. That'll work. That will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There um, we go. Oh, we'll do it for on. you. We'll oh, that is so lovely. <laughs> Finally, just happy favorite moments. Oh goodness. Red arrows, obviously. Uh, red arrows or my hot air balloon challenge or hanging upside down on the wing of a plane as I passed a baton to my friend Rads. We only have around three attempts to get this right because there's a limit to the number of times that I can hold the baton up in 120 mile per hour winds. So the pressure's on. Once in the air, Martin and Dave begin to manoeuvre us into position for our first attempt. They need to be so exact in their flying. Up here, every centimetre counts. And let's not forget, I'm upside down. We swoop into position, trying to match the speed of Lindsay's plane. I've got just 10 seconds to try and grab the baton. But we're just not close enough. Now it's clear just how difficult this challenge is, and I'm starting to wonder if it's actually possible. Do you know what? It's it's so so tough because it's quite a normal day, isn't it? Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you see the show today, for example, you'll see what we call titles. So before the show starts, you're going to see a highlight of some of the recent history on Blue mm. Peter, and those are moments. But actually, so for example, the bit you didn't get to see with that bit Lindsay's talking about with the baton. So we're with these two biplanes. And so a plane, they are flying in a straight line. So if I look left, I can see Lindsay's plane. Lindsay and I are both stood on top of these biplanes. Lindsay's plane then goes down beneath mine, then shoots up. 
and then inverts. So Lindsay's going upside down, I'm carrying on. Now, without boring you, to stop the plane from stalling for about 12 seconds, oh. we also have to go, we have to uh, be rising whilst going forward, yes. essentially, like a mm -hmm. takeoff position. I'm starting to struggle. My arms are in agony, but I'm not quitting yet. This is our last chance. It's now or never. But as the baton, which hadn't been done before, the actual pass happened, there was a moment, a very brief moment, where I basically looked into the eyeballs of Lindsay upside down, and we had a moment where it was, we've actually we done, it. done it. We start our third run. I wait until the last second and then hold the baton as high as I possibly can. Every inch of me is willing us to get closer, just come on! And then... And then in an instant, like in a sort of strange dream, this contra zoom happened where the planes then parted and whipped over and it was awesome because the way we shot it on GoPros was fantastic. So you yeah. get this really interactive experience. So actually, while the moments are incredible, there are actually little snippets within that of human experience yeah, yeah. that hopefully we sort of tell, but are equally kind of quite private because yeah, that was yeah. just a look. Yeah. So you just need a micro facial expression, but actually that but was my memory. It felt like it lasted forever, didn't it? it? Did. And I still remember that look. And it, yeah, it's almost nice that that's our our moment that, yeah. that will never go out on camera. And even if you pause, you can't see it, yeah. you know? That's wonderful. What Listen. you're trying to say is gazing into my eyes has been the highlight. <laughs> I'm only human. Five years I've of got eyes. career. I've got eyes and they work well. 2020, I've been Shut told. <laughs> I just want to say that you guys, there's been so many amazing presenters over the years, but you guys are so on point with your enthusiasm. It's so infectious. And um, I just think you're the best presenters Blue Peter has ever had. Uh, no disrespect to the others, but that's just where I'm at at the moment. Do you know what? I massively agree with everything you said then. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I think you are spot... No, genuinely. And like that's... Radzi said earlier, five pounds goes... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, thank you very yeah, much. thank we, you. We feel like we are sitting on the shoulders of enormous giants, yeah. and so all we're doing is hopefully continuing a tradition mm -hmm. and hopefully doing it to a brand new audience who appreciate it just as much yeah. as we did when we were children. So thank you very much. Yay! And I taught Radzi everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. And on that note, thank you so much. Congratulations on Blue Peter's 60th anniversary. It only remains for me. Could you hold that for a yeah, second? Absolutely. So get do? your uh, celebrity goodie bags. Uh, are oh, you joking? We never get presents. So this is a goodie bag, like when I was 10 years old. Oh, oh no, you, wow. And there's one for you as well. Which one? Oh, thank you. Oh, the that, boss gets one too. Can we, yeah. can we just leave? You've, you've been incredibly generous. Oh, and also... Oh, You've got us a bottle of Schler here, which is essentially grape juice. Absolutely, it's grape fizzy juice. Grape it's juice. fizzy, fizzy non-alcoholic grape and juice. And you've given us one of your badges. Badges, yeah, so we could have a selfie with, with yes, uh, you know, do you don't it. have to actually put it on, you just like hold it up. But, no, let's, uh, let's put it on. Thank you, that's genuinely that's all right. incredibly gracious. Thank no you. problem at all. I'll save that uh, lovely juice. Oh, no, no, maybe, and, enjoy it. Maybe and can we, can we add to the timely nature of this that it was actually Lindsay's birthday two days ago. Oh. So we've got Lindsay, a bir Lindsay happy birthday. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> happy birthday, Lindsay. Thank you so much. That was happy brilliant. Happy birthday, Blue Peter. Yeah. The 
perfectly brilliant and utterly adorable double act for this Lindsay and Radzi. Well, as we wish Blue Peter a very happy 60th birthday, we couldn't help but light a candle and give a special birthday shout-out to all presenters past and present, and in particular the ones we remember from our own youth. So apologies now for my brief indulgence by remembering three larger-than-life personalities from my very own childhood that were definitely the dream team of their day, setting the benchmark for future presenters very high. Namely, John Noakes, Peter Purvis and Valerie Singleton. I'm Nick Randall. Goodbye. Parachuting was something I'd never tried before I joined Blue Peter, and my five-mile drop with the RAF's Flying Falcons was undoubtedly my biggest challenge. We flew so high we had to wear oxygen masks, and I was going to fall through space for 22,000 feet before I opened my chute. One of my earliest films was certainly the most frightening, driving a car straight through the sides of a furniture van. When the sprayers settled, all I could see was a shattered hull, the remains of Val's boat. We were going very fast through the centre bridge, and I think we were ahead of the others. Suddenly Bob tried to look out, and there was the most enormous piece of wood right under our bath, a terrifying crash. And I looked at the back, and the engine was off, and the whole of the back of the boat was out, and it was filling with water. And the boat just tipped over, and I went in. We were rescued, though, fortunately. At this level, the plinth on which Nelson stands overhangs the column. I found myself literally hanging from the ladder with nothing at all beneath me. I could hardly believe I was in one piece, but it had happened just the way John told me it would. But you wouldn't get me to do it again, not for all the tea in China. And we're out in space! It's unbelievable! 25,000 feet! 